to see today's photo, go to mtforchrist.org or follow me, M.T. Clark, on Facebook or Twitter. Good morning. Today's photo of a post-sunset view of the Hudson River from the vantage point of just outside my front door comes to us from yours truly as I captured the scene while out getting the mail yesterday afternoon. That view can set our imaginations on fire as we think about the one who created our world and... When we think about him, we can imagine freedom. This morning I continued reading Lacey Finn Borgo's Faith Like a Child and thought of a few fellow travelers on the path of Christian discipleship who could use the simple wisdom of using our imaginations for good that Borgo writes about and to encourage them and myself to use our imaginations to make a change, to increase our freedom and to experience a deeper relationship with God, or to accomplish new victories and more freedom from the ways of the world and the bondage to the flesh. So, I share from chapter 7 of Borgo's Faith Like a Child, where she writes, Young children use their imagina imaginative powers for good. Often when, we, when I lead adults through an experience of using their imaginations, I hear a bit of pushback about their, around their perceived lack of imagination. One simple question generally helps us get in touch with reality. Do you ever worry? Worry and its cousin, anxiety, are products of imagination at the service of fear. But young children use their imagination the service of wonder, curiosity, exploration, and play. They can tap into the creative goodness woven within each person to work through problems and find solutions for the future. For children, imagination is common and glorious. It is play and creativity on steroids. It's one way children embody the image of God, who is effortlessly and endlessly imaginative. That was from Faith Like a Child by Lacey Finn Borgo. And I write, <laughs> imagine living a life of peace and freedom. Use your imagination to get there and do the things that connect you to God and give you peace. Notice what you always do and imagine a different way. Ask the Lord to help you to walk in it, to surrender to his pathway to peace. Imagine becoming the person God created you to be, a child of God who listens to his father does what is right according to him, and lives in the peace and joy of his Father's love. Well, it's Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day, and the beginning of Lent 2024, and the beginning of my personal walkthrough of Gracia Grindel's 40-day journey with Martin Luther to observe and celebrate the Lenten season. We walked through Lent last year with the 40-day journey with Dietrich Bonhoeffer by Ronald Klug, and so this year we decided to do it again, but with a different author and a different theologian whom we highly respect. So it is our hope that we will get to know Martin Luther a little better as we seek to draw closer to the Lord on our journey to Resurrection Sunday, Easter. And so we begin. Journey, Day 1. Martin Luther writes, I will tell you as best I can what I do personally when I pray. May our dear Lord grant to you and to everybody to do it better than I. Amen. First, when I feel that I have become cool and joyless in prayer because of other tasks and forethought, 
for the flesh and the devil, always impede and obstruct prayer, I take my little psalter, hurry to my room, or if I or if it be the day and hour for it, to the church where a congregation is assembled, and, as time permits, I say quietly to myself, and word for word, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and if I have time, some words of Christ, or of Paul, or some Psalms, just as a child might do. The biblical wisdom from today's journey is from Ephesians six seventeen and 18, the word of God says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always preserve in supplication, or persevere in supplication for all the saints. And that's Ephesians six seventeen eighteen. 18, today's biblical wisdom. Um, our journal basically tells us, you know, prompts us for silence for meditation. So what you should do is pause the podcast or stop reading and sit quietly for 60 seconds, 5 minutes, or 10 minutes, or 15 minutes, or however long you feel comfortable with and have time for. Focus on your breath and the calm stillness in the present moment that is always available to us in God's creation. Meditate on how Martin Luther said he prayed and the content of today's biblical wisdom. Now we move on to questions to ponder. What is Luther's solution for coolness and joylessness in prayer? Does it seem like a good solution? Why or why not? Martin Luther writes he would recite the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the, Apostle, the Apostles' Creed. Lutherans do this, but if your tradition does the Nicene Creed, have at it. And if he had the time, he would use his Bible to glean the wisdom of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, or in the Psalms. In my opinion, it is a wonderful solution to coolness or joylessness in prayer because it simultaneously focuses on the truth of God's Word, what we want uh, to come in alignment with and causes us to renew our minds, and it fully affirms who we are in Christ. The next question is, how do you, uh, you, your faith community, and your culture think about the devil? My faith community, the body of Christ, which includes Trinitarian Christian churches of various denominations, who believe and teach that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, and I myself believe what the Bible says about the devil, or about Satan, the devil, the enemy, or the adversary, uh, that he is a real being that seeks to oppose the purposes of God. I am sharing GodQuestions.org's teaching on Satan that reflects a Christian biblical worldview of who Satan is on the blog today to share the truth about the very real devil. My Western secular culture here in the United States generally does not believe in the supernatural and believes that Satan is not real. Those who believe that have ironically been deceived by Satan or themselves and are wrong. Um, the next question is, why does the devil want to impede us in our prayer? What obstructions to prayer have you experienced? The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy us. And so, to do that, he impedes our prayer to keep us separated from knowing God or from doing his will. Scripture bears out that Satan can tempt, accuse, and deceive us in our thought lives. Um, 
it's, uh, we can we can defend against these spiritual or mental attacks, those fiery darts mentioned in Ephesians six sixteen, by putting on the full armor of God, and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Obstructions to prayer that I have experienced are sinful thoughts, anxious thoughts, and an inability to quiet and discursive emotions like sadness, anger, or fear. The battle with the devil takes place in the mind, and the war is real. But we can win it when we stand in our identity in Christ, submit to God, and resist the enemy. And our, our resource shares a psalm fragment, and that is Psalm 134, 1 through 3. And the word of God says, Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Then we move along to journal reflections. And the first one says, describe in your journal your own present practice of prayer. For me, every morning I spend some time in prayer where I spend time thanking God for the blessings of this life and for who I am in Christ, reciting the who I am in Christ list. I also pray for situations that are happening in my life or in the lives of others, asking for help, guidance, or strength. Um, I pray a Neil Anderson composed prayer called the Overcoverners, Co Over Overcomers Covenant, usually, and we'll pray uh, the Lord's Prayer periodically. My prayer life also includes just talking and listening to the Lord as you would with your best friend. I do that in the morning and throughout my day as I walk in the Spirit, as I journey through what's left of my time on earth before Christ comes to rule and reign. Um, the next journal prompting is write the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer in your journal. If you haven't done it, memorize it, um, which is a good idea. It's a good, good idea to memorize Scripture and the truths of who we are in Christ uh, with creeds. Uh, for the Apostles' Creed, you can go to a link I'm sharing on the blog today from uh, billygram.org um, that answers a question about what the Apostles' Creed is, and it presents it in its most, quote-unquote, used form. Um, the Ten Commandments are in Exodus 20, so you can look that up. And the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Um, from Martin Luther's practice, um, Jesus and in and Paul's words are found in the New Testament. The Psalms are in the Book of Psalms. And um, keeping a journal is a good spiritual practice. Mine is the blog or slash podcast that you're reading or listening to right now. Um, and the final, is it the final? Yeah, the final prompting for the journal entry or journal reflections is write down what you want to learn about the life of faith as you begin these 40 days. And um, I want to I want to be closer to God, and uh, I will I will write down what I want to learn. Um, um, yeah, I sort of misread that. <laughs> what I ended up writing was I will do that for each of the forty days of Lent, which are only observed on weekdays and Saturdays, as every Sunday is viewed as a celebration. So, what I want to learn is um, yeah, I want to learn more about God, and I want to learn more about who I can be. In Christ and be that. Uh, that's what I want to learn. Um, as And as we wrap up today's journey, 40-day journey with Martin Luther, um, the last section says prayers for the life of faith. And 
And so it is a prayer, we, and we'll pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your great disciple, Martin Luther. Help me learn how to dwell in your word always. And now we move along to our normal <laughs> normal uh, Bible sharing. Uh, today's Bible verse comes to us from the Quick Scripture Reference for Counseling by John G. Crowis. This morning's meditation verse comes from the section on communication, gossip, and lying. And today's verse is Proverbs 21-23. It says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Today's verse is the fifth of five passages of Scripture that fall under the 11th point of our Counseling Reference Guide's resource section on communication, gossip, and lying. And that 11th point is do not hurt your neighbor by gossip or careless talk. Control your tongue. Um, every verse encourages us. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, today's verse encourages us uh, with the wisdom of how to stay out of trouble by keeping our mouths and tongues to ourselves. Silence is golden, and when we practice it, we can rest assured we won't say anything to get us into trouble. A variation on this advice is to follow the quote that is attributed to the eccentric English writer Charles Caleb Cotton, who said, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Uh, of course, he is, who is, he is just uh, echoing the truth of, that is inherent in the Word of God. Uh, so, listen to what the Word of God says, and keep yourselves out of trouble by keeping your mouth and tongue to yourself. As always, I invite all to go to mtforchrist.org, where I always share insights from prominent Christian theologians and counselors to assist my brothers and sisters in Christ with their walk. Today, we continue sharing from According to Your Word, Morning and Evening Through the New Testament by Stephen F. Alford. Uh, it's a collection of devotional journals from 1940 and 41. Um, and uh, today, um, the prompting is to read Mark 6, and um, from that chapter, Alford shares verses 51 and 52, which say, They were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and marveled, for they had not understood about the, the loaves, because their heart was hardened. And Stephen Alford writes, The Lord Jesus prior to this incident, had fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two small fishes. It was a miracle calculated to beget faith in any heart. But it evidently made little impression on the disciples. Had they considered the miracle of the loaves, they would have recognized Christ's omnipotence. Had they considered Christ as the sustainer and upholder, they would have recognized him as the creator, and therefore master of the elements. But no, their hearts were hardened. Hebrews teaches that the hardened heart of unbelief comes through departing from the living God, through the deceitfulness of sin. And Alford ends his journal entry uh, by writing or praying, Lord, may I never harden my heart to the point that I fail to consider your hand in the world around me. Amen. So let's not harden our hearts and uh, you know, realize who Jesus was. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just the Son of God. He is God. Um, you know, that's, that's why I made a point of the Trinitarian churches. We believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, one God and three persons. It's a mystery, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, but the Word of God bears it out. Uh, Jesus was at his own baptism with the Holy Spirit and the Father all together in one um, to prove that point. But um, we're not here to prove points. We're here to encourage people 
to discover their freedom in Christ, to know who they are and to, to find peace um, as they do uh, find their purpose, which is to do good works for God's kingdom, uh, to give God glory, point more people to the life that they can have uh, forevermore and uh, abundantly through Christ alone. So uh, today is Ash Wednesday. Uh, I might try to run to the early service. So we're going to wrap this up in prayer. Lord, uh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for another day in your kingdom. We pray for anyone who might be listening today that they'd be encouraged in their faith and to enter into Lent with a spirit of, um, you know, getting closer to you and, and finding more freedom in Christ. Lord, we um, pray for you to go before us today, open our eyes to the things you want us to do and uh, move us in the way we should go. And uh, help us, Lord, because uh, we just want to do your will on the earth and uh, enjoy you fully. So, God, help us as we pray. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We, we love you. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.